Oh yeah, she's that country girl who overcame the stigma that southern women are barefoot, backwoods, and backwards. Now she's an articulate voice for conservative values and wisdom in America. Sitting on her front porch, sharing common sense, here's Marnie. Hi, welcome back to my front porch where we talk about common sense principles in America. Today I want to talk to you about something that I believe is critically important, very important. And I hope you'll bear with me as I give you a few examples of why it is so important. First, I'd like to say one thing to preface my my comments here. Today, standards of any kind are under attack, whether they're standards of morality, of um, the way government works, or whatever, they are being dismissed as unimportant or they're being convoluted. And I'm going to go through this and explain it to you why it's so important. But know at the beginning, at the onset, that people who have standards self-govern. People who adhere to certain standards govern themselves much better and they don't need external government to control them. People who do not adhere to standards are easily thrown off balance, they're swayed, they're manipulated. They're easily manipulated because they don't have a mooring, they're not grounded. It's kind of like a basketball player. I used to play basketball. And if you don't have a good footing, well, somebody can knock you off and they can take the ball from you. But if you have a good stance and you're grounded really well, you know, maybe you got that pivot point in place and you're working from that point and moving around, and you have that, that mooring there, you're going to be much more stable and people are not able to knock you over or get the ball from you. Okay, so that's why what I'm saying today is important. I want you to keep that in mind as we go through this. And I'm going to go through the different types of standards that have been abandoned or muddied up in our society, just so you can see how pervasive this really is and why people might be wanting to do that to us. Okay, so I have a little notes here because this is a lot of really cool examples here. First, let's just start with the basics. Uh, you know, a ruler. To measure a distance, you have a standard, a ruler. Uh, that ruler may be in the metric system or it may be, you know, in the old English system, inches, feet, maybe meters, those kind of things. But you have a measuring stick. And that ruler is outside of the thing being measured. It's not influenced by the thing being measured at all. It's not changing with the thing being measured, and it can't if it's going to be accurate. If we look at time, for example, it's measured in seconds and minutes and hours and, and so forth. So time is not measured from within us, and that a really great example of that is with technology today. You know, you get on the computer and you get engrossed in something and then hours go by and you're like, wow, I thought it was noon and then now it's three in the afternoon instead and you've lost complete track of time because you've got sucked into the technology or when you're a little kid and there was no technology made for some of us at my age you you got bored and time seemed to just drag and drag and you think oh isn't it time yet no only five minutes have passed and so the person inside of time cannot measure time only when we go and we check a clock or perhaps look at the sun, if we're good at reading the sun, that was the original measurement of time for the ancients. You look to the standard to figure out, okay, how much time has really passed? Okay, that's another example of an importance of a standard. I've been reading a book called Life After Google 
The Demise of Big Data by a man named George Gilder. Okay, George Gilder in 1990 predicted the, the, the fall of television. He said he wrote a book called Life After Television. He predicted that one day, and this is 1990, he predicted we'd be walking around with a device that would fit in our pocket, that would navigate where we went, and we'd check our mail from it, and eventually it would replace television and the importance in our lives. We wouldn't be staring at our TVs. We'd be staring at this thing. Okay, that man predicted that, and now he's predicting the fall of Google and big data. And it's a very complicated book. It's one of the most complicated books I've ever read. It's very scientific, very uh, technical, got a lot of complex economics in it and things like that, but he's predicting what's coming in next. So one of the things that I read this morning really stood out at me that helped me really see how much standards are being destroyed. And I'll read that quote to you in a minute, but for now I want to tell you about something he teaches in the book about Sir Isaac Newton. And Sir Isaac Newton, most of us think of him as, you know, the apple falling on his head and gravity and everything. But Sir Isaac Newton spent about half of his life studying alchemy. He was trying to create gold. He wanted to see if there's any way you could put certain elements together to create gold, or is there any way to make gold break down into something else? And he discovered that gold had this property about it that it was nearly indestructible. I mean, if you melt it, you can make it into jewelry, but then you can turn it back into coins. I mean, it, it has that fluidness to it. And there's no two elements, no multiple different elements you can put together to create gold. It's like it's like this thing outside of everything else that holds a standard. It has a standard to it. And so he was actually the one who came up with the gold standard that the British Empire used for 300 years. And it made them very prosperous. And, you know, everybody knows that the, how Britain was, you know, the sun never sets on the British Empire kind of thing. But they used a gold standard that Newton put in place because he knew about this property. Now, through a loss of explanation in his book, this George Gilder goes through how these measurements that we have need to be outside of the system and that gold does not derive its value because of the supply and demand. The supply and demand does not control the value of gold. It's pretty much stayed consistent. The things that would buy in the past are the things that can buy now. It's, it's consistent, even though there's been more gold mined over the years. You know, not a lot, but, you know, there is an increase in the amount of gold in the circulation. What holds its value, what makes gold hold its value is not about supply and demand. It's outside of that. It's intrinsically outside of it. It's this indestructibility of it, this ability not to create more of it. And so every other monetary system that we have, whether you're looking at the new cryptocurrencies, most of them, or the... Um, the American dollar since 1971, when it's no longer backed by anything in gold, they are more fluid and their values fluctuate. So in his book, he gives this definition of money. He said, money is essentially a measure of the inexorable scarcity of time in economics. The time it takes to mine the gold, the time it takes to, to make the money. It, money represents time. It's outside of the system outside of the economic system and it measures time. Ideally, that's what it's supposed to do. What we have now is monetary systems that aren't backed by any standards and that's why we have inflation, that's why things cost so much more than they used to, things like that. And so we've abandoned that standard of monetary measurements that we used to have that created more of the prosperity 
without the increase. Okay, he compares it to a circular formula. I don't know if you've ever used Microsoft Excel or, or any spreadsheet of any kind, but if you're going to sum up a row of numbers, let's say a column of numbers and use the summation, back in the old days in the very first um, spreadsheets, I used to teach those back in the 90s, uh, if you accidentally included the summation in the formula, every time we relo reloaded the page, it would just get, that number would get bigger and bigger and bigger because you're adding it to itself. And it would just keep, it was a circular formula and it would just, it would be inflated. That number would inflate over time because you're adding it to itself. It's part, it's within inside the system, so to speak. Now they just throw an error, you know, and they'll say, you know, got a circular error going on here. You, you need to fix this. You can't have the measuring. The calibration cannot be within what you're measuring. And he goes through extensive examples of uh, scientists who have learned that they can't use the atoms within a situation to measure the atoms. Here's a quote from his book that um, really stood out to me today and helped me understand how much we have abandoned standards across the board. He said, throughout human history, people have understood that money plays a key role as a measuring stick. Currencies are not commodities. They're not part of what you're me they're measuring. Measuring sticks cannot be part of what they calibrate. They must have their roots in a grid of measurement beyond the reach of commerce. Self-referential loops, those things I was telling you about in Excel, whether physicists measuring atoms with atoms or philosophers gauging minds with minds or economists measuring commodities with commodities that dooms their users to futility. So he's predicting the demise of these types of monetary systems that are caught inside of the supply and demand. They're caught inside the system. They're not stable. They will cause the demise of them eventually. I started to think about this across the board, even in morality, for example, God as the Judeo-Christian background that I come from, God is outside of the system. He's outside of humanity. He has set forth certain laws, certain principles at work that govern our universe, that govern what is going to make us happy. You know, and he says, you know, thou shalt not kill, thou shalt not steal. These are things that are going to make us happier as a society if we obey these core laws, these moral laws that are outside of the system. We're not creating them. But today... People have abandoned that standard. They throw that out. And now laws of what's good and what's right are based on supply and demand. They're based on demand. People demand that certain things be moral. So we have to call them moral. They demand that certain things that used to be good are now evil. And so we're now living in a time that Isaiah prophesied of where good is called evil and evil is called good because we've abandoned the standards that tell us what is right and wrong in a fixed way that's outside of the system. Now the people inside the system are voting on or, you know, popularity contest over what is right and what is wrong. And that is causing the misery that we are seeing in our world. Another example of a standard that is outside the system is the U.S. Constitution. It is a check upon the government itself. It stands outside of it as a standard and everything is measured against it. Anything government does is measured against the standard. Are, is it constitutional? Is it within the checks and balances set forth in the Constitution? When we abandon the standard, when we say, oh, well, that was created by people who were imperfect and flawed and they, they were um, misogynists and blah, 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 and we don't have to listen to them, 
you're abandoning the standard and now you have no checks on your government and you're going to see a destruction of your society as a result of it. So we're seeing our monetary system under attack. We're seeing our morality under attack. We're seeing our government under attack by abandoning standards. You even see the genders being muddied up. We're no longer determining gender by something external, the way the anatomical body that we're in, that anybody could look at and say, oh, that's a male, that's a female. You know, it was just obvious and simple. Now it's convoluted. Now it's no longer just a standard of obviousness. It's something complicated, overly complicated. They've done the same thing with math. I mean, math, you learned math as a basic principles, and sure, math can be challenging for some people, but overall, math is pretty simple. Two plus two equals four. You know, two divided by two is one. We learn these basic things, but the way they've done the new math, it's very convoluted, very complex, and it's not simple. See, standards need to be simple. A ruler is simple. A clock, simple. Once you learn how to use these standards, Ten Commandments, simple. Male or female, simple. These are simple, obvious things once you learn them. But our society is either throwing these standards out the window or they're muddying them up to make them complicated so that people would just say, I don't know, it's too complicated for me, I won't do that. And when you do that, when you undermine the standards, people no longer can govern themselves adequately. And when people cannot govern themselves, they become lawless. And then you've got, it's just an open door for governments or power brokers to come in and manipulate you in whatever way that they want to manipulate you. That is why we are seeing the destruction of our standards in our country. And so I invite you, and I'd love to have some feedback, what other standards do you see are being destroyed? Because I think it's a complete all-out war on standards. And we need them. We need them, just like we need a clock to remind us what time it is. (laughs) We need these. That's just something I want y'all to think about. It's very important, it's critical to our society that we return to standards. Y'all take care. God bless. Have a wonderful day.